In this episode, we start to drop into the warmth of a fireside chat in a world that can sometimes be a little chilly. You found the Rebirth podcast where we learn to tend our flames. In this episode with Dana Mondello, who I've seen in different iterations of her purpose and her passion. She's worked with children for over 30 years, bringing a presence and a respect for nature in educational, traditional educational, in home environment, and even traveling internationally with children. She also works with many forms of art and is um, expressing herself in, in writing with the wisdom that she has lived and embodied in, in living a life of, as she says in part two, getting to not having to um, work through ancestral stories that we all have. In this episode, Dana and I talk about the necessity of nature in a time where life is picking up a pace. And as she said, people are becoming afraid of lifing. You know, it's messy. And she has once um, labeled herself as a counterforce for joy with children. But I also believe she has, and you'll hear as she speaks, that she is living a life where she she employs the counterforce, where she willingly walks into vision quests and living a life that, although it may be terrifying, she gets to have the authenticity of living it. I am delighted to bring you this episode with Dana Mondello. Good morning, Dana. Good morning. I'm, I'm excited to have you here. I, as I talked about a little bit in your, um, your intro, one of the labels that I see, we don't believe in labels, but one of the phrases of words that you strung together for yourself is a counter force for joy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just haven't heard it. In a, in a long time. Yeah. Right. I haven't heard that in a minute. Yes. I have said that. Oh, you have my. said that. And you've said that in relationship to your p- work with smaller people. Is that true? Oh, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially, especially these days. Yeah. The last few years in particular, you know, just to, to I think maybe always, but, you know, I mean, working with children in wilderness and like the imperativeness of that these days of being grounded, being regulated, remembering joy, you know, having that, having space for that. Remember a couple of years ago when that was like, you know, a hard commodity, even. That was a hard commodity. That is a great term of a phrase. Just to be even, just to be outside. You know, it was actually really shocking to, as a, as a, I, you know, I love children. I love the word children, but a lot of times when, because this isn't necessarily like a parenting podcast, if someone's listening, it's like, I ran into when I was pregnant, people being like, well, I'm not going to do, you know, whatever I was going to say. I'm like, yeah, but we're human. So actually it all applies to all of us because we've all been young. We will you might not need to know like the ins and outs of a craft situation, but you do want to know that like the commodity, like that, that outdoors makes children um, grounded and available to themselves. And that's our society. 
You know what I mean? Like, I think there's this disconnect that like, oh, children are like, they're over there. And it's like, they're, they're not over there. They've been pushed over to the side. But um, I remember you're bringing up a memory of like, when I drove my child to a playground and there was caution tape and I didn't even plan to go here right now, but this is where we are. And the <laughs> shock, the shock of that, of like, uh, what, why is it, why is a playground dangerous? And you know what, if you're listening today, this podcast, the intention of this is a conversation for, for more your, the being that always exists inside of you and the being that is your personality can have opinions and judgments on this context, but the flame inside of you knows that children need, need play, right? So we can exist in our opinions of things, but this podcast is more about, um, spirit incarnating into form. And that some tenets of being in a body needs mm -hmm. movement and natural connection. Um, and I think that has perhaps become seen as a choice as opposed to like a, necessi a necessary element for form. Right. I mean, it, it's, it, there's nothing like contrast. Like the contrast of the last few years or the contrast of having to be in a, in a lockdown um, and what, you know, it just brings to the surface even, you know, stronger what we need as humans, at least it has for me and probably all my, my work with children and creative work and everything is probably born from that kind of contrast, like not, not having it. <clears throat> not having access to joy or that kind of space just made it makes it all the more <laughs> precious and um well I, I don't know I can't I can't speak for everyone else but for me it just really made it that more um important like a counterforce means like there's there was just so much in the direction of stress you know, and not just for everyone on the freaking planet, but I mean, I, you know, have a lot of focus on little ones. And so counterforce to that, like with everything in my being, I want to be that and just bring, you know, open a door to joy. There's lots of ways that can happen, of course, but. You know, I'm sitting with the word counterforce, which um, when I read it, I was like, that is so true in knowing you um, and what I know of you, but also as an invitation, because sometimes people want to do something and it's like this high pitched, like airy, which is a great place to start, you know, like fire needs oxygen, but it counterforces like, no, I'm prepared if the wood is wet. I'm actually prepared if it takes multiple times to ignite the fire. Like it states the assumption that there will be a polarity force to my intention. And I think like, one person that I talked to that I'm, I'm also, um, I know her word was slipstream, you know, she talked about like, when you do your work, you get into the slipstream, you know, when everything's, you know, and see how you just smile, like for the, the listener can feel it. It's like a recognition. It's flow. Like, it's flow. It's flow. I mean, creatives know flow state. It's it, exactly. Yes. And that's what she does. She does, you know, spirit work and, and creatives. And so like now the next piece, which is not so unplanned, which is what I love about intention is the counterforce. you like, you, you must be prepared um, to meet that. So I'm wondering how you work 
with like a little bit about with children, because I feel one thread I feel is consistent in the span of, I'm not sure how long we've known each other. I don't know. Cause the last three years is one lifetime. So before right. that was probably like <laughs> many, <laughs> I know I was trying to track that myself. It's been at least 15 years, I think. Anyway, yeah, I, I think that's true. That's like, there's a, so there's been enough like growth in our own lives of not being exactly the same person when we met, cause we weren't in the same phase. Right. And that's, that's the hope that you are who you are, but if, as your phase changes, that's something else I think is necessary to talk about what season and cycle are you in? What phase are you in? Then, then that would be what you want to harness. Um, but I feel, and I may be wrong. I feel like connection to nature interwoven with creativity has been like one of those threads for you. It might've been in different ways and shapes. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like how that, because it's a relationship, right? It's a cultivated, it can be an inspiration, but if it stays nature and creativity and is, is a relationship. So how did, how did that relationship and working with children outside in a school, like how did that happen? Right. Um, right. I, I think it happened in such a beautiful way a few years ago, simply because of the the necessity. And it wasn't just, oh goodness, we're all locked up and we need to get out. It's also just um, has been, um, uh, what would I say, uh, growing. I'll, I'll put it this way. You know, I think you know this, but in the last seven years, um, I've gone on three vision vision fast vision quest my my own relationship with the wilderness it's always been important to me an important nutrient and grounding and part of my um shamanic you know spiritual practice but there's something about you know in 2020 coming back from a quest and feeling like more maybe than ever before because maybe it's a process to really surrender you know, <laughs> the part of the personality that talks to trees, say, you know, mm -hmm. like being in our, being in our, you know, our culture, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, it's often, I would speak about it as a metaphor or, you know, a signal or a symbol, but the experience, one of, one of many experiences I had on that quest was a true and deep conversation with a tree. And it's so profound that when I went to visit, visit that tree, I just like broke into tears and it's still a resource for me. And I thought when I came back, I wanted to help kids get some space and some ground and remember themselves in a difficult time. Um, but really it's just who I am. It's not even just because of that, that necessitated it and it got it going um, for a bunch of reasons, but um I think it's, it's just, it's, a, it's quite a bit lacking. I saw it in myself. That's the thing. I mean, you take away the cell phone for two weeks, take it away. What you doing? Mm -hmm. What are you acclimating towards in keeping your pace and time? What are you, what, you know, how are you toggling? How, what, how are you grounding? Now plunk yourself in nature with, you know, and part of that time being simply in solitude and noticing the patterns and what birds really get going in the morning and who's out in the evening. And 
you know, and perhaps even some conversation with a, with a tree, et cetera. It's like, it's a whole different kind of time. And I think it's an important, obvious, I mean, it's so obvious. It's so simple and so obvious, but the cycles in nature and water, earth, air, fire Im impact us so much. Even mm -hmm. the, the phone is a stone, but the, and we, we forget, I forget where I come from and what I'm made of and that I have this resource and that there's so much trying to talk to me, so much trying to support me, so many invitations to um, create. And if you're aware, you know, um, just even taking walks in nature, it's, it's right there. And everyone, everyone knows this inherently. Um, and so when I set a space, it happens so naturally to gather some children and my approach to children, because I've been working with them for so long is, you know, most, I, I've become able to <laughs> stay out of the fray as much as possible and see what they create. And, um, it was just pure magic. You know, they, um, gosh. There was a group of young girls, like age, I would say age five to maybe eight. And just of their own accord, they started gathering the rocks that were around and stacking them up. Mm -hmm. And a simple stack became a path. And then the path became a fort, of course. But the fort was like they, you know, they they just organized themselves. You know, the one person, the one kid that's like, okay, let's go, you know, it takes charge. And they gathered large sticks and small sticks, and they created um a dwelling large enough that we could all get inside of it. Oh wow. Yeah, no shit. Oh, it's oops, fine. I probably shouldn't do that, but you're fine. <laughs> it was it just was astonishing and it's something I'm interested in and I think you know has to do with you know just plunking myself in nature and there's like stories that want to come and that's what happened with the kids and now I held that I, I was interested in that what, what did the kids have to say but you know the dwelling became a there was a certain seat and if you were sitting in that seat you were the queen and then and the queen told the story. And so the stories started coming and some were more shy about using their voice and some were just not shy at all. And it just, uh, it's nothing gives me more pleasure than just creating the container. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I forgot to close the door. Uh, just creating the container for the um, magic to, to happen. Can I ask a couple? Go ahead. Please. So Please. I'm hearing a couple of things. And for the listener who might have said, did she say she was on a vision quest? Can you give us just a little bit of the logistics? And of course, knowing you, it's not that there's one prescriptive experience, but it also isn't just being outside for five minutes. So could you give us a little, I'm just, because we don't know the lexicon of those that are here, right? So give yeah. us a little bit about what that entails because it's interesting here's one i'm interested in that because i think it is a way to tend your flame and depending on your place and space and time 
that could be helpful. And then you could hear a large thing and you can boil it down to, you know, any true effort is always rewarded, right? So if you're like, oh, I can't go away, but maybe I could go away for an hour, you know, that could be a sacrifice, that kind of thing. But the other thing that I think is fascinating that this listening to you is there's so much information that capable and able people can then become paralyzed because just because you can doesn't mean that is what is calling for you. But what I'm hearing is you went on a space to clear out, right? It's easy to read another book and listen to another podcast and here I am creating one, but there's something in the clearing and the creating in the unpatterned, like creating space for unpatterning and, and having, you know, People say like, oh, let kids be bored. And they kind of like put that to the side. It's like, oh, let an adult be bored and not stimulated by coffee or wine or sugar. Or, you know what I mean? Like let it actually, which we don't see in that way. And I'm not judging anyone. But if if you're on a vision quest, you just can't run out and get a latte and pretend, you know what I mean? Like all those subtle impulses cannot be met. Right. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it, well, I'll say this. I mean, I... I came across a book, Bill Plotkin, um, Soulcraft. It just, I felt a calling. It really called to me because uh, to do a vision quest, a vision fast. There's, um, this is a, it, it's, it's a process. It's a ritual that's been done in, a, in every culture and very under various names. Um, the Lakota, you know, go to the mountain and pray. Like you go to the to the top of a mountain and pray for a vision at a crucial time in life, usually some kind of transition, all right? A passage from childhood to a, you know, adulthood, um, a death of a loved one, this kind of thing. And that's traditionally what and and how it happens has many forms. These days, and I went out in 2020 with the School of Lost Borders an incredible um, organization that was inspired by the Paiute people, Northern California, but they're not trying to mimic a native. It, it is in essence, you know, uh, native, but they're fitting um, this ritual to a, a modern time. And so, and not trying to mimic that, but so what it is essentially if you feel a calling to do this kind of thing, it's um, it's got several parts. Essentially, you're willing, and like the name of your podcast, you're willing to have a re rebirth, or it's already happening, and you're like, please, this is a, a spiritual experience. Please, whatever powers that be, show me what is next. I have no way of knowing, and I am so... Um, bereft or confused or whatever it is that I'm, you know, I'm at this place where I'm willing to sever. They talk about severance from that former life. I'm, uh, that is happening or I'm willing for that to happen. And I'll tell you in my experience, when I have decided each time I've done three in the last seven years, each time was a potent time. It was, I was definitely called. And when I said, yes, the moment I said, yes, the energy, the archetype of it, completely took over and there was it was like an involuntary state in a way and I knew I was like in for it like in the best sense of that you know you're like oh no like I'm in for it. like there's no getting out you're you're doing this and by you know obviously by design so you sever from your old life there's a threshold moment 
this is living in the liminal, mm -hmm. living in a dream state. And and by the way, I'm speaking in these terms, but I just I maybe want to pull back and say, you know, what happened was I felt a calling. I knew about the School of Lost Borders. I looked on their website. I found a time that fit for me. You know, it's two weeks time. They prepare you on the front. They they help incorporate you on the on the other end. And in the middle of that, you just meet with a group of people, 10, 12 people that you've never met and have an experience and have a beautiful mirroring with them and with nature. Um, the third stage, you know, first is severance. Second is being in this liminal receiving the message incorporation is you know the bringing into the body bringing into life it's i know from the lakota point of view and i'm not an expert i'll just say that it's it's necessary to bring the vision that you have back into your community we're not yes. in other words there's this idea that you i'm not doing spiritual practice for myself alone sure i may be in this phase and in need of a rite of passage to help bring me into a deeper maturity and um, connection to myself or have an idea what's next in life. And it's to bring really the, the essence of it back to my, my people, my, my circle and um, know inherently how connected we all are, which is pretty much the, <laughs> the overarching theme when you're in nature, you're like, Oh, right. <laughs> Beyond all connected and um, made of the same stuff and, and affecting one another. But um, it, yeah, it's so easy to forget that and to remember that we, um, of course, the medicine that I'm receiving is, is not just for me. It's for everyone. It's inherent in it. So I hope that makes sense. Oh, it makes tremendous sense. And I think sometimes just hearing the process can help someone do that simple, like, oh, I'm not crazy. Like, whatever your thing is, you know, because I'll, we're all connected. And yet there is a constant push of do your thing, do your thing, do your thing without the piece of being connected. But we're we're inherently connected beings. And if we're connected without depth, it creates more confusion not all the time I understand we're in the modern but like there I hear from people that I'm that I cross paths with of like oh it's so refreshing to be able to like you know that's what they say like you know talk about it and the it is life <laughs> like the actual significance of their days you know and so then to hear because some people feel stifled you know like that's one of those spaces that the, the idea of this is it's like a, it goes out, right? And it'll land so that even if you then have to take the step in your own community, you you know, oh, I didn't even know there was a place that could help me with that. You might not be in California, but the way that I know the universe works is that if you have an internal yes, you hear an idea that you never know existed and all of a sudden you trip over something two days later that's in the same coherence, right? So it doesn't have to always happen the same way but you can feel the energy shift. Like I know everyone says a new year, it's a Gregorian year, but there is there is a very, like, there's a pulse happening right now. I, I, it's palpable. And so I think a lot of the stuff that people have held on to, even if they didn't know they were holding, or this courage of like, well, it is my life. So I, I kind of maybe want to start actually 
living it, you know. That was a huge theme of the fast I did this summer. I mean, and it and it comes up if you're willing to do a rebirth. It's like, well, what am I doing here? Yeah. Why am I alive? And I had, um, yeah, as soon as I said yes this summer, um, I really had, I had some, I would say much needed conversations with my mother and an encounter with, um, you know, the with her mortality, with the possibility of her leaving. And I'm not going to get into the details of it, but I'm just going to say it was enough. It was some conversations that needed to happen for some time within myself and some recognition as it goes, as deep as it goes with family. And I had this, wow, if I don't wake up here, <laughs> I'm going to go down a certain path and I am at a crossroads. And this is, these things happen for us all the time, but I do especially love the vision quest, um, the archetypal energy of it. It brought me straight into this um, personal place within myself of, um, oh, wow, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm stuck in these particular ways. I see the reflection as often I do with my family of the ancestral stuff, yeah, um, the patterns and like, wake up, wake up, let's go. Am I, you know, am I willing, am I willing? And really at the core, there's much I can say, there's so much that happens out there like two weeks in nature without your, without my phone felt like, you know, two years, the way that time opens and really stoking the liminal fires together as a group is a wild thing to do. It's like, we're dreaming together and seeing what we need to see within, um, our little bubble. But, um, I'm pausing. Do you have a thought there? I just, well, yeah, I mean, this is the, so when you said stoking the liminal fires, I'm like, that's it. Like, I actually feel that that is the counter, um, that is the counter call right now. And this is not, it doesn't matter. I don't, I have like that English major in me that has to source like every quote and it's like, just not always necessary, you know, <laughs> yes. but that it was astrologer that said, um, the nature right now is believing before seeing because the invitation for us is a new, we're the generation where we, we incarnate this soul group is incarnating to be like in between of the past generation and, and, and this new subtle shift, you know, and, and, and part of that maturity is like, this is what was capable. Like it's very easy to blame. Right. And we're not getting into like particular traumas. Those are different. <clears throat> And that's a part of the process, but to transmute things, there has to be some sort of like elevation to like energies allowed me to incarnate, Com like dropping the bag of the capacity that was available or something like something has to break. Like you were said, like, I'm willing to break. It doesn't rewrite the past. It doesn't forget it. It doesn't Pollyanna it, but I'm willing to take the break. And then something really different opens up. And it seems that this is a very common story right now. 
And if you want to intellectualize it, which would be my personal pattern, English major, right? I mean, writing is great. It is creative, but there's all these brain activities. You have to go into the feeling. That's the fire. That's, that's the belly. That is the na'au. That is the manipura shakar. That is the lower, like it's all over of that gut feeling of that gut feeling about where the fires are going to be tended. I loved when Dana walked us through the the invitational process of the of the vision quest um, of you know saying yes and the reciprocal force that comes, but also the threshold and the severing that we this is common to hear that to you know, you'll hear create the space, clear the clutter, you know different layers of difficulty and depth in that if you're intending something new, you need to give over the version of you that can't grow that new vision right and it's not about right or wrong it's about it being complete it's about you know if you live where the leaves fall they have to fall and go fallow on the tree for there to be the next fruit and that that nature has those cycles and answers in part two dana will talk more about the idea of going to the mountain and letting go of the restraints and and the depth of encountering and, and the, the significance of being embodied and connected to nature cycles, especially for women as it relates to power and sex and presence. So be sure to come back for part two. If you have enjoyed this episode, please send it to a friend who could benefit from the invitation here, share it on social media. You can always tag me. Uh, on Instagram, I'm at Kate M. Brenton. Kate M. Brenton on Instagram, and take this into your day and your year of what threshold that you are crossing and what place is asking you to let go, so that you can encounter more of who you really are. Thank you for being here and tending your flame. Mm-hmm.